Welcome back to another Ag Watchers. Uh, we've got a friend of ours, Marcelo, coming all the way from Argentina. So we've uh, had to had to work on the time zones to work out a time that we could actually record. So early morning for us, post post the Victorian storm, and evening for for Marcelo. Marcelo, thanks for thanks for coming along. Can you thank you very much, guys? Can you give us a short intro into into well, who who are you? What do you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so again, my name is Marcelo Artada. I am Argentinian. And I started in the trading business uh, almost 20 years ago, right off, right off uh, college. I was hired by Cargill, the company where I spent the first 10 years of my career. Uh, first half uh, as a merchant trading grains uh, domestically here in Argentina. The other half as a global trader, uh, Options global trader actually in Geneva. Then I had my own trading desk for options in Geneva, a prop desk for uh, Lansing, a company that doesn't exist anymore, was bought by the Andersons. After a little more than seven um, years in Geneva, we decided to head back. We, I mean, the family to Argentina. I've been trading a little bit for uh, small companies down here, some sabbatical, been trading a lot for myself. Um, uh, in the corporate business, uh, last thing I did was uh, I, I was working for Indigo in US as a pricing director. And finally this year, I decided to start my own company that is called Heshit. And it's uh, about um, artificial intelligence applied to pricing rates. Okay. Right. Well, you, you've listened to the, the podcast before. You know, the, I did. So we are... Uh, we're, we're, we we believe in the mind, so we'll do a <laughs> we'll do we we'll do a shrink test to get things moving, and uh, the sixth sense. Uh, this is where we'll ask you a a question or a word. We'll mention a word, and then you've got you know a couple of seconds to come up with the first response. Uh, keep the, keep the responses short and snappy because we need to send these off to our uh, our resident psychiatrist uh, to to get you assessed. Matt, you can you can you can jump off into it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll start off, Marcelo, uh, with the market risk. At management. Soccer. Passion. Bagpipes. Uh, oh, Jesus, that's it. Tough one. Uh, um, That's probably a good enough answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uncertainty. Blood pudding. Ignorance. Artificial intelligence. Opportunity. Was that opportunity, did you say? Yep. Yeah. That's it. Very good. All right. I think he's passed, Andrew. Yeah, passed so far. Well, 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 he might have passed. We don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out in a week's time when we get the assessment order through. Uh, you, uh, you said soccer. You, I had to switch to bagpipes. You said soccer, and I was going to ask Maradona, but um, it probably would have been the same answer of passion. I would have thought. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to get controversial here, well, but I'm going to say second best ever. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least I didn't mention Falklands. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Oh. Uh, so, so that's interesting. You talked about one of the things that we we sort of we wanted to approach about was was a website on your video and 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 sort of probably one line from it actually is or one section from it that is something that really has has frustrated Matt and I over the years is that farmers are really massively interested in production, growing more from less, and that, that's a fantastic thing because. We need to grow enough to feed the world population. It's sort of a moral imperative to feed the world. Um, but there's very little interest in markets, really. And, and, and you'd made that comment. Why, why do you think that is? You've obviously been in the, in the trade for a long time. You've made Cargill mm -hmm. and, and Indigo are, are, are all, 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 all businesses that are sort of really quite farmer focused. Um, yep. Why do you think it is that haven't we, on a global level, haven't we had to crack that nut of getting farmers interested in markets? 
Yeah, so it's a good question. I, I mean, I've been having this type of discussions with every type of protagonist in the market, uh, from brokers, traders, uh, even farmers, uh, elevators, I mean, whoever you can think of. Um, and the answers you get about that um, always stay around the same, right? Like initially the farmer doesn't have the time to look at markets, which I do agree with. Um, but then you have the answer that why farmers uh, don't pay attention to pricing because they don't care, because uh, they don't understand it. There's many reasons why. Um, what I do believe is that in the industry, we haven't, uh, we haven't been good enough at translated sophisticated stuff into pricing uh, to common ground for farmers to understand what pricing means, risk management means uh, in a simple way, right? Uh, I, think, I think you're right. You know, do, do you think, what, one of the things that frustrates me to an extent is making things complex that don't have to be complex. Like, like, like I, I get, we get, we got market reports. We all, we obviously write our own market reports, but we also read other market reports. And there does tend to be a tendency for people to say things in 10 pages that one paragraph might work. And there tends to be this sort of overuse of jargon. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> the market experts hiding behind the terminology and, and you know, sometimes making things more difficult than they should be. I, you know, no, I, give, I give an example. I just, I just think that when you sort of see a lot of, a lot of complexity there, which to me is there to exclude people <laughs> or, or, or to make the writer feel smarter. Where, right. where, whereas the reality is, you know, I think Albert Einstein said it, you know, if you can explain something simply, then you probably understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it, it does seem that way that there's, you know, we, we use, we, we try and split a lot of the jargon away from it and just bring it back into normal terms. But the industry hasn't done that. No, it hasn't. And I think, you know what? I think we have confused all these years sophistication with complexity, right? So every time you think about pricing products out there, and we, and we think about sophistication in that area, we are actually talking about complexity. That's what OTC pricing tools are, right? Like you, I mean, I don't know, just well, an ancient well, one. Well, the, Accumulators, the, right? Well, there you go as an example. We use, we use the terminology <laughs> OTC. Right. We, we know OTC over, over the, the counter. counter. Yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> that's right. For those that don't know. Those are the most, so those are the most complex pricing structures you can have today in the market. They've been there for a long time now. And that's the, basically the only type of offer this industry is providing farmers, right? It's not for everyone. They are complex. They are not sophisticated in, in a way that they don't use any type of data analysis at all. They just use complex structures to price. They are intricated mechanisms, right? But they are not sophisticated at all. Um, and that actually, so that makes the thing even worse, right? Because that creates that massive uh, wall, conceptual wall for farmers and say, hey, look, if this is sophistication, I don't wanna know anything about it, right? And then <laughs> I do agree, right? They don't wanna know about it. They, they, they don't care about trying to understand uh, how a complex product like that, uh, like that works. Right? And, I think, and I think that's the thing, you know, if you, if you think about it at the moment, We've got we've got farmers trying at the moment in Australia just to harvest a crop because it's so wet in a lot of areas, and mm -hmm. you know in in theory you could argue they should be looking at next year to see what pricing they can lock in for next year. There's some you know the forward curve is in, in in a good position. There's a lot of good pricing on offer, but they don't have time to think about it because they're thinking, well, Maybe. how do I get my harvester out of this field because it's you know up to the top of the wheels in mud, and I guess that's that's the thing we we expect we probably expect too much of of a farmer's time, and I'm I'm not even talking about market. I'm talking about you know we expect them to be environmentally sustaining. We expect them to you know run the local football club. We expect them to you know to do. Well, they're, they're, they're dealing with um, they're dealing with weather risk and production risk and all other farm risks. So 
they don't want to add another market risk on top of their uh, workload. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I can, I can guys tell you what I think that doesn't make sense. Um, that is, uh, revenue is not only about Q, right? It's not about only productivity. It's, uh, we, can, we could actually argue that it's as much as about, uh, about P as it is about Q. And what it doesn't make sense is if the farmer has been embracing sophistication on the Q side of things. So when, 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 you least, say, when, when you say Q, you mean production? I, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So my point here, I make the point that if revenue is P multiplied by Q, right? Uh, those are the two things farmers uh, have to pay attention to to maximize the revenue, basically. Yeah. So so um, so, so, the, so we so we, we look at it as we've done some work on farmer productivity and farmer profit, and we look at it as production uh, minus costs plus yeah. rep, plus that's, income yeah. uh, equals our profit, which we think is probably the appropriate that's, one. Yeah, that's yep. that's profit. I'm I'm talking about revenue in yep. general, right? Yep. Uh, but you know, to compare apples to apples, it's like when they maximize yield, it's it's a full Q, right? And then yeah. then there's P. That's that's what I mean. Um, now, I think it really doesn't make sense. They've been embracing sophistication uh, on productivity and not on pricing. It's because we haven't we haven't been smart enough uh, to put. Uh, a good technology in their hands to to price grains in a in a in a better way, basically. Do you think Do you think also as well, like I previously used to work for Cargill as well, and mm-hmm. uh, so so we, I know that some of the products that we used to have in terms of some of the risk management tools. Yeah. Pacer Ultra, I think it was called, and yeah. a few, a few yeah, other things. Yeah, there's all kind of crazy names out there. And, yeah. and uh, Sonic Boom or whatever it was called. There was all <laughs> sort of, some sort of Americanized sort of name. It couldn't just be sort of straight swap. It had to be, you know, something else. Uh, yeah. go- golden Upside <laughs> times X, something or other. Uh, but one of, the, one of the things we came across was also a bit of distrust as well. Of course, you know, yeah. in, in that, you know, the farmer feels that there's probably a bit of a sort of an asymmetry of information where mm-hmm. they think the trading houses know too much and they're only offering something because of the fact that it's they want to get something from me. Oh, they're controlling the market. Oh, they're control- oh that's, that's the one oh, I got a control- lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, those are conspiracy theories, right? Like, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with them. No, I don't agree either. Um, but 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 how how do you get past that distrust is is an issue. Yeah, well, so but again, yeah, that's a fair point. And again, it's mostly because the offer is so complex, you know, that nobody is getting what they are really what they are really being offered, what they are really uh, getting into, right? Now, if you get it, we we have, I would say, I don't know if the word is obligation, but we need to come up with something real simple that is leveraged on past data information. And we, and this is not about crystal balls. This is not about holy grails. This is about um, helping farmers to optimize the way they price their grains, right? To leverage their chances to price better than the average, whatever benchmark you wanna, you wanna think of. Can I, can I go back a second to the education point of it, yeah? Of course, yeah. You, you're back in Argentina, yeah, and you've been yes, you've been going around, you know, back in back in the back in the hood, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've been spending a bit of time with farmers, I'm guessing, at times, and and working out what they what they're doing. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think of the level of their market information and and their sort of knowledge of markets? Do you think it's higher than normal or lower than other parts of the world? Uh, that's, yeah. So that's a huge question. I mean, it's like, I should split it in. First, you got to talk about generations, right? If you're talking about second generation, uh, is uh, they are way more up to speed than their parents, to, to mention something. The second, I would say that in Argen- the Argentinian farmer, it's uh, more sophisticated than the average, the big one, I mean, it's yeah. more sophisticated than the average in the world, right? They are aware of, uh, of 
what is out there, what markets mean. Um, the cash market in Argentina is super transparent. It's, uh, it's, it's super sophisticated as well in the way yeah. it negotiates. Uh, so yeah, they are well informed. They are willing. There are um, there are um, markets. There are markets there too, Marcelo. Um, in in those commodities, those those kind of agricultural commodities, you have pretty well functioning liquid markets within Argentina for say hedging. You know, yes, agricultural, you yeah. Yeah. Which is you which do. is sometimes uh, part of the part of the battle. I reckon, Andrew, that like if you look at somewhere like Australia, and we lament that um, that there's not enough interest, but then you know there's also not a lot of liquidity in the. Well, in the, and, market, and yeah. that's been that's been the biggest challenge. Is there's been plenty of people willing to set up. We've got Platts have a, a a week contract. ASX has a week contract. Uh, yep. Ryman has a week contract. All, all futures contracts. We've got wool contracts. We've got beef contracts. Co- uh, cotton. Uh, yeah, so all the con- these contracts. The, con- the contracts exist, but, but the contracts but exist, mostly. but but nothing trades on them. <laughs> and, and, there's no, and there's no prices, and there's no prices, no bids, no offers, no. Yeah. Apart from wool, it's the only one. Apart from wool. <laughs> oh well, ASX wheat is fine. ASX like has a bid, but it's nothing. It's nothing compared to say, you know, the, the CBOT trader or whatever like that. Yeah. You know. No. I would say soybeans in Argentina, uh, futures wise, it's uh, it's uh, quite liquid. Yeah. Um, but the cash floor is super liquid. It's, it's a super liquid market, super transparent. I mean, you know exactly sizes and 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 prices at the end of the day. Uh, you even you even have the same thing for the spot, right? You have okay. a daily. You have a chamber that is that is publishing every day what was negotiated uh, in size and price. Uh, we have information for the last thirty years. This is mostly for those um, those kind of global commodity type things like like your wheats and soybeans and, and corn and, and stuff, or, or does this extend to livestock products as well? Do you have like futures market, like a live cattle market like they have in the US or in Argentina? Um, can you repeat that? Because you cut up a little bit. So uh, just um, it's, his uh, ac- those- it's, it's, it's Matt's accent. No, 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 it's, no, no, no. It's actually cut up. No, it's not your accent, Matt. No, <laughs> no I've got, I have got issues with uh, Kenneth from time to time. Um, Andrew is the one with a funny accent. Uh, you're referring to some of those futures markets within Argentina, like your soybean one. I was just thinking, uh, most of the markets, kind of grain or oilseed commodities, or do you also have markets like futures type markets in Argentina for livestock, like yeah. like live cattle? Well, you know, Argentina, so if you talk about liquidity, I would say most of it is about soybeans in Argentina, right? And it's like, it's, it's like the main product out there. Uh, I would say that's the most liquid uh, future. And of course, cash market as well. Then um, far, far away with some liquidity is corn, uh, corn trades. Some is not exactly the same as beans. And then the other markets are not as liquid. Right. When I talk about liquidity, I'm referring to soybeans mostly. Uh, it's in Argentina. I don't know. I don't know Australia very well, but I guess it's the same as wheat in Australia, right? All it's yeah. gonna be about wheat. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Wheat, wheat and cattle. So wheat and cattle. All right. And, and t- but so move on slightly. Yeah. One one of the things you you, you mentioned was uh, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've spoken about this in the past, Matt. Mm. We uh, a few months ago we had Tim Nealon, who's a ag tech. Um, well, he doesn't like to call himself an ag tech, but he uh, he uses a lot of satellite imagery for uh, mapping farms and whatnot to work out, you know, uh, nitrogen rates, all that type of stuff. And he uses mm-hmm. a bit of he uses machine learning. Uh, and so and so a couple of months ago we decided that we would become. Uh, what did we say? Out of, out of, on the podcast, some kind of we're going to do an ag tech uh, podcast. We're, we're going to make our ag, uh, podcast the first um, blockchain-based podcast. Uh, right. so, uh, so we are we're also uh, basically uh, using as many uh, fancy terms to try and get some sponsorship and funding, so, and, uh, so, we, so we can so, sell it for millions of dollars. You call it blockchain something or artificial? Listening. Well, well, we actually we actually we decided we we're going to make ours the first natural unintelligence platform (laughs) 
and, and I think we're doing a good job of that. You know, we're, we're, yeah, we're, I can help you out, guys, with that. If you, if you need some some dummy out yeah, well, there to help you with that, I, well, I, I mean, well, well, we're, we're sort of we're, we're sort of just naturally sort of uh, showing a lack of intelligence on on every episode, so it's it's oh, it's tending yeah. to work. So artificial intelligence, you know. You, you you are working in this space, which is quite a quite a new space for 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 grains in artificial intelligence and grain pricing. Mm-hmm. Tell us tell us what is artificial intelligence, and well, and well, does and does it mean that we're going to see the Terminator? <laughs> no, it's not Schwarzenegger stepping into your your house. No, it's not that. Um, I'll be back. So yeah, yeah. Now, so artificial intelligence is about replicating the decision-making process and optimizing it, right? So we, and when I say we as human beings, uh, we make decisions by processing information, and then the decisions or, or, we make- or, or tossing coins. Or tossing coins, that's right. I mean, when we try to make rational decisions, right? Um, uh, we process information the way we can, and then, based on the decisions we make, we have an outcome, right? So the capacity of the brain to track down those outcomes and use them in the future to prove the process is what we call experience. We could say that artificial intelligence is an experience machine that has two main features. Um, the first one is it processes data, massive amounts of data very fast, optimizing the process. And the second one, it neutralizes the emotional component of, uh, of decision-making. I would, I would say that's most of it, of, of artificial intelligence. Um, when you come to pricing grains, uh, you mentioned it's not viable for grains. That is partly true. It's not viable for the end user like or farmers. Yep. But it's been there for, so hedge funds have been using this for more than a decade now, straight. Yep. Uh, it's been available for trading execution for more than a decade as well. I see so, when you want to execute a trade, you can pick an algo to optimize the execution, right? So, so this would be, I guess, algorithmic trading to mm. an extent. That's right. So yeah, so algorithms are the vehicles uh, artificial intelligence uh, uses, right? So so when, when we talk about artificial intelligence as well, we're, we're really talking like, What's the difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence? Now it's the same. So it's, it's the same. So, so machine learning is an artificial. So it's artificial intelligence. It goes learning. So again, when I say the experience machine, that's machine learning. So the the machine is like when things go wrong, the machine learns and avoids in the future, right? If if it identifies the same scenario where it failed with one decision, it's not going to use it, right? It's going to use some other approach, basically. That's machine learning. And, but that's very, so artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence is a big word in terms of what it can mean, yeah? You know, we have, that's right. we have that, a lot of the view of artificial intelligence as a term, again, does come actually from science fiction. And yeah, of course, yeah. Which, which I think is a, probably the confusing part because people think of, I guess, general AI, which is, <laughs> you know, uh, Jimmy, the robot butler, who comes in and brings me, you know, a coffee at half past eight in the morning. Whereas we're not really talking about that. We're we're really talking about you know uh, uh, a piece of software in the background that sort of yeah, iterates, so, it, it iterates through things to to create. A, that's right. That's a right. So yeah, it's it. That's why I mentioned. I try to. I I just I try to come up with a general definition to avoid that. Uh, depiction of, of artificial intelligence, because usually, yes, you get that. There's artificial intelligence in everything. When you listen to a podcast, uh, you know, the platform where you're in, it's using artificial intelligence to identify the things you like, right? And then it's going to offer you podcasts that are related to it, right? Yeah, like, so, like, like um, Amazon will, uh, will co- and, and they will constantly send me, you know, adverts saying there's a new pair of Crocs available. Yeah. 10% off. Yeah, I didn't want to use brands because I didn't know Amazon was your sponsor, but uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, but I can, yeah, if I can mention hey, brands, it's like I can mention, yeah, I can let's go brands. with Amazon. We mentioned, Amazon. We mentioned brands, we mentioned brands all the time, hoping okay, that they yeah, will be my sponsor. We don't get sponsorship offers, we usually get cease and desist right. letters. 
Yeah. Please, please, please don't mention our brand because we don't want to be associated with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sounds good. So yeah, so let's talk Amazon Prime or any other streaming platform, right? Yep. Um, when we all have, I mean, most of us, um, we have patterns, right? Yep. That maybe we don't stop to identify ourselves, but from the distance, in hindsight, if you have someone that is looking over you, uh, it will. Talking about a machine, it will identify a pattern on you, right? Yep. Same thing happens with everything that has a past, right? Um, if there's something in the world that has a past with high frequency data, those are the markets. They quote, they they quote 260 days a year, second by second, several years a day, right? Uh, so you, if you look back, you can identify patterns, and then if because the future somehow it repeats. There's a big component of the future that you, we will never know is completely uncertain because future ever evolves. It, yeah. it always brings something new. But there's another big component of the future that it is uh, past repetition, right? That's, what, that's where AI kicks in, basically, Look, on what, identifying what, those patterns. What is that old saying, Matt? You know, those who, those who don't learn from history are doomed to doomed repeat. To repeat yeah. Now, what you described, Marcelo, was, um, was effectively the, the basis of, of, the, of the fundamental behind, I was going to say the fundamental behind technical analysis, um, behind, you know, technical analysis of, of the market. The, the, the idea is that, that there are patterns that are being repeated, uh, you know, and, and, and that's a, a methodology of analysing markets uh, separate to economics. It's been around for, you know, hundreds of years, you know. Um, that's right. The, that we use so it's, it's, it's a similar type of idea really that, that you're building a, a computer program or software or a package that, that that does a similar type thing that you know looks at those historic data that's sets. exactly right that's, yeah. so that's exactly right and then you bring a great point so the whole the whole concept of technical analysis is based on that now most of the times we or in the past uh we used to sit down and, and watch charts like 24 seven, trying to figure it out. And now you can have a computer behind it, looking at massive amount of data for 20, 30, 40 years, identifying patterns and telling you, hey, look, when the RSI goes below 20, just buy it because you have 80% chances you're gonna make money in the following two days. Basically. Mm. Uh, that's AI, basically. AI, it's it's again, it's replicating a decision making process of something that we usually do manually, right? Yeah, well, uh, distilling, distilling down what, what, what competent traders used to be. Like, used to have, I came out of the, the currency trading background um, many years there, and you, yeah. you used to see some traders are much better than others at, at assessing a market, right? And assessing directional movement. Uh, and, it, and it's almost an experience based, or they used to call it gap. But your, your, AI models are kind of um, figuring out what what gives that trade a good trader their gut feel or their or their directional knowledge in terms of where the market's going and 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 you're replicating it as a series of of, of, of kind of uh, algorithms. That's exactly that right. that, Yeah, that's right. Now I want to make a difference because it's not the same. Hedge is not about is not about uh, algorithmic trading. It's about mm -hmm. algorithmic hedging, hedging which, is, which yep. is completely different, right? We're yep. talking about something else. So the risk profile of a farmer is completely different as the risk profile of a trader, right? Because yep. the farmer, from the moment he put the seed on the ground, I mean, he already has a position and he already has a, a risk that has to mitigate in the future. That's completely different from we traders. If we want it, uh, we have no risk at all, right? At mm -hmm. any moment. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. That that the there's, and that's one of the things I used to see all the time when you'd have um, corporate clients coming through doing their foreign exchange years ago. The the difference between understanding what it is to hedge and what you're trying to achieve to hedge, and so many you'd see them get to they meant to be there hedging against you know, minimising risk, and they end up trying to trade the market. Yeah, trying to directionally trade the market. You know, um, get get hooked by the the excitement of the ups and the downs. Rather than actually meant to be taking the assignment away, I've, I've got a more a more theoretical question here, yeah? and you might might be able to answer this, or, or, or maybe more a philosophical question actually. I, want, right, not, I love not, it. I love it. 
not not necessarily on 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 is this what a, you're doing. It's not a Oiberg tangent. You're going off on here. No, this is, this is this is definitely on on it's on it's on tangent. A relevant tangent. Relevant. Uh, a lot of trading, yeah. A lot of trading is going to that algorithmic trading, yeah. Which which is it more is, and more it, so. It depends. Yeah, it depends on what. If you talk about like in financials, it's sixty to eighty percent of the daily volume. Yeah. Mm. So if, if, Sorry. Yeah. if you if you pick one one sort, of, it doesn't matter which commodity it is or, or which product it is or whether it's equities or, or or FX or whatever. When you've got a large volume of algorithmic trading occurring, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's using effectively the same signals to determine whether a price is going to go one way or another. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that also have the potential to uh, have an issue as well? In that, nope. uh, like, in like, you know, you've got every everyone's going, and at that point, uh, let's let's say you got to 99 or one hundred percent algorithmic trading, yeah, yep. and every, and everything's working on reason and logic, and and that's that's great. And but they can still be they they can still be built in reasonably unique fashions, so that you know, they will, they might still have different outcomes. So don't, not all algorithm algorithm models in terms of the trading aspect will have the same time horizon. Mm, They'll yeah. have this, they, they built mm. differently. So they so it's, it's effectively like saying, why don't all the economists in the world have the same view? They're all looking at the same data. Why do you mm. get one economist that says one thing and one economist that says something else? And they're both studied economics. You know, yeah, so, that, is, so, yeah. that is true as well. There are, there are many, many algorithms. Um, but the other thing is, so, so far, algorithmic trading has proven the opposite. Right, markets since algorithmic uh, trading started kicking in, markets uh, they have become more statistically stable, if you will. Yeah, um, and it does make sense. So let's say, so let's say everybody agrees that uh, you 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 take profits at when this market is two standard deviations above the I don't know ten days moving average. Right, yeah. then the market is gonna go. To standard because it's not going to get any sellers until then, right? And you're going to have it statistically more more stable. Um, and again, and then I agree 100% with Matt. I mean, there's so many algorithms out there uh, that uh, it really it it ends up being exactly the same, a replication of the old model, right? Where every trader had a different had a different feeling. I, it's not very different, right? Like we know S&D, they all work with the same S&Ds, right? Yep. The commodities, they all do. They, they speak with each other. We know that, right? Head traders in the world, they speak with each other. They know each other. Uh, so they are all trading the same, right? They just may execute a little bit differently, but if they are bullish, they all gonna be long and waiting for the market to go, to go higher. So it really doesn't make a difference conceptually, philosophically, like does, said. Does the algorithmic trading speed up the process of where the market should be yeah that's a fair yeah that's a fair point so yes. so, the, so the market it should is, i mean if everybody were trading the same right yes yeah but but yes. do, do we find that you know the markets are on based on an equilibrium generally but do we find that you know if, if you use an algorithmic trading it gets to that decision quicker on what the fair value of price should be yeah, and- but you're gonna see that. Yeah, but you see that happening. For example, I so I don't trade commodities for myself. I haven't in I I never traded commodities for me, but I always traded uh, equities, right? So what I trade is S&P, and you you can in the last decade you can see on the S&P when it bounces, it bounces so fast, but yeah. so fast, and that's because uh, mostly because of algorithms, I guess. Yeah, I guess right. It's like. Uh, everything kicks in. And again, not all the algorithms are the same, but, you know, technicals, somehow they relate to each other, right? Momentum indicators, they relate to each other. So it really, maybe you are looking at different things uh, uh, than some other trader, but it's all around there, right? And yes, uh, things happen way faster. Same happens, same happens, with the going downs, right? We had, mm. I don't, so I, I remember uh, 2008 very well. And if, when you look at it, when you look at what happened with COVID, 
um, the market went down at a record pace. Yeah. And then it recovered at, at a record, record pace. pace. Yeah, yeah. So it went quicker. Right? If you look if you look back in 2008, the market took a couple of years to, to go back to the highs, right? And this time it was what, three, four months? <laughs> yeah. So so going back to one of the things we mentioned at the start is complexity, yeah? Yep. How do you view farmers being able to use artificial intelligence or, or machine learning for, for, for their decision-making processes? Uh, yeah, so that's the biggest challenge we have in this business. Uh, it's, again, landing the concepts to a common ground there's no way I can go to a farmer and talk about algorithmic trading at all, right? I mean, you got to give it round, we say in soccer, right, to the other player. Uh, so we got to go and give it round to the farmer so he understands that it's an easy concept. It's, it's a signals method. We are working in this signals interface that eventually are going to be automated for execution. Or and, and the farmer, the only thing that has to do is look at the chart, look at the performance in relative terms. He's not gonna, he's not gonna know about the rules of algo trading. That's gonna be behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. But that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is the vehicle. It's not the product, right? It's not the complexity behind. The complexity is for us to handle. Yeah. Uh, then the, we gotta work on the front, not on the back. Because the bug is already there, it's already developed. We already have enough algorithms to sell in the next three years, right? We don't need to develop more. What we really need to put up an effort is on designing this front that is simple enough for the farmer to understand it and use it. And, and, and as, as opposed to being something that's focused on that directional trading stuff, it's all about optimizing their ability to hedge more effectively. Yeah, and that depends. So, and that depends on the benchmark you want to use, right? Uh, we have algorithms that use the average price as a benchmark, but you know, every farmer has a different mindset. You're going to have people that want to be looking at harvest price. Uh, I don't know, you're going to have people in US that want to be looking at February average price because that's what they have in their insurance. Uh, policy. Um, it really depends about the benchmark. Uh, my baseline there, it's always the average, right? I think, I think it's, it's the baseline of every algorithm out there. So if we are talking about 260 pricing days, the benchmark uh, would be the average of that time frame. I'm, I'm actually just thinking back, Matt, to a report I wrote a couple of years ago, which I'm just thinking was a form of extremely simple machine learning. Uh, I wrote. Yeah. Okay. Do you yeah, remember I'm just this one? To, no, <clears throat> I'm just, I don't think what you're, what you're referring. I thought you're just trying to bring it in to 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 talk about machine learning on the podcast again. Get our get our kind of um, get our funding up. Funding no, up, yeah. I I wrote a piece a couple of years ago, which was uh, kind of monkey. With a dartboard, can a monkey with a dartboard trade better than the uh, <laughs> than the average? And and so what what I created was a, a basically a a, a, a random number generator. A random, it was basically a random yeah. number generator, but what it picked was a day. Hmm. A it selected a number of business days over the course of a year. And it basically sort of said, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, obviously, uh, but, but that was something that actually tended to work. You, 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 you pick enough small days, you get the average. Uh, you know, I think it was something like 10 to 15, and generally over time, you would generally find well, that you... you I, I'm, look, I'm telling you right now, you created an algorithm. Yeah. So do you, want to, do, you want, do you want to buy it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I should I should look at the performance of it. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, giving a long enough period of time will perform well. well no, but so, so seriously, Andrew, think about it. What you did, right? You went back, you analyzed it, 
your big sum days you compare to the to the average. In general terms, you create an algorithm, right? Yeah. You put some you you put some time there to see a way to to improve the pricing the pricing experience uh, and your benchmark was the average. So yeah. you you did well, you was, basically was, did that. It was sort of I guess from my point of view it was a simplification of markets in a way. You know, there's an old saying: "How do you eat an elephant?" Yeah. One bite by at a pieces. time, by yeah. pieces, one bite at a time, <laughs> yeah. and 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 that's and to me, one of the first things that I noticed when I came from from Australia, from from Scotland, is yeah. the volumes that farmers sold, especially in Western Australia. Mm. You used to find that farmers would come and say, "Right, I want to sell five thousand tons," whereas, you know, from from an ultra basic risk management point of view. You sell, you grow ten thousand tons, and you sell it in two parcels of five thousand tons. Yeah, but you're not using any hedging. You're not using any futures or anything to hedge it. It's just it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Whereas, whereas in Scotland, we would regularly be dealing with farmers who would produce a thousand tons or two thousand tons, but every contract would be twenty nine tons of barley, I guess, of barley or, or wheat, and it was <laughs> twenty nine tons was a truckload, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. And you do it straight yeah. away. You, 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 know, you spread it. You're diversifying your risk to an extent. Straight away, probably... in terms of how you interact with the market, you, you're diversifying by interacting more times, and, and, and giving you a better chance to and and, to and getting an average. Which, which I guess is what, yeah. what, what, at simple terms, that's what your algorithm is looking to do: is get it's a, an average it, it or is better. Exactly that. Yeah. So yeah. think about this. I mean, if you're gonna pick two, three, four, five days a year, uh, uh, randomly, and by randomly, I mean whatever, I mean, just because the market is up or because you believe that the market is stoppy, that also is random, right? It's just yeah. your idea at that precise yeah. moment. Yeah. So which are the chances that using whatever from one to five pricing decisions in, in a year that has 260 to beat the moving, the, the, the average of that year, if you are not using some science behind, yeah. I mean, it's below 50%, right? That's the whole idea behind it. Um, well, farmers, farmers from that perspective, so farmers that use a, um, a percentile table to, to figure out what they're doing, whether it's selling or buying fertilizer or whatever, you know, um, they can look and say, oh, well, historically now we're at the lowest 20th, 20th decile or percentile, I'm going to buy my right. input now. And that's what, and that's if they have a, they put a system around how they do that, whether it's marketing of their grain well, or the, I think, I, think, I think with fertilizers, the problem is you've got to have access to the data to work out what the death cells actually are, which is within Australia, at least, which yeah, is which is true. a podcast yeah. for another day. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's also true. So the other driver for pricing is financial needs, right? Like yeah. when they need money, they sell, <clears throat> and that's yep. that's that's basically um, that's not that's not efficient, right? That's mm. I mean, it really depends on luck. Uh, you may be lucky or you are not if you are making pricing decisions based on that. So, so can, can your algorithms adapt for an individual's cash flow requirements? Like can, so, so that if the, for, the answer is yes, but now we are talking about the future because I mean, part of that simplicity we want to pull off here uh, relies on algorithms being simple enough right yeah. in the very beginning we we got to come up with simple stuff in the very beginning and then go out adding complexity as the end user asks for it right because yeah. i was just thinking you could have it where like say for instance the farmer says right i'm going to need some money in july and i'm going to need some money in december can we have it so that it focuses its hedging on those periods you know yeah and splits it so yeah so the, the initial products we are we are we are going to come out with are cash forward okay so that's yep. uh, that's not going to include the financial component and then we already have some spot uh, uh, algorithms uh, for financial needs as well we are not using the the financial piece as a variable Right now, we are just yeah. looking at price uh, volatility over the past, finding patterns and yeah. using those patterns to replicate in the future. But yes, you, you know, algorithms can get as complex as you want. Or as, uh, or as simple in my case. 
Well, they, look, simple is not it's not bad. Simple, simple is good. Simple yeah. is good. It's not. In in terms of in terms of you're, you're somebody that's worked in the markets a long time. Um, yeah. One of the things is obviously as farmers, um, should farmers be looking longer term as well when it comes to the marketing? Is, this, is, this could be an algorithmic question or, 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 or just a generalized question. No, yeah. It's, but yeah. Be, be, should we be looking further along the horizon rather than I'm going to price on this particular day? Are, are there opportunities there? Yeah, you know, 100% it's like that. Because um, <clears throat> when, when we optimize algorithms, we use the last decade of information. Right, yeah. um, we go for numbers that go. I don't know. This thing, so this algorithm has worked seventy percent of the time in yeah. the last ten. That means if you wanna, if you wanna have the benefits of it, you will have to use it uh, not only for the next year. You will have to use it for the next decade. You yeah. will, right? Because I guess, I guess we, we have we in the past we've had. Um, I don't know. If, it's not many countries have them, but we have grain pools. Which, we do have, we yeah. have, oh, so, we have, one of our investors is one of the biggest grain pools down here. So that's where, just as we've got, ensure we're talking about the same thing, that's where farmers pull all their grain together and then somebody manages on their behalf. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. farming, could, you mean? No, we have, we have, so farmers, so there might be a hundred farmers, they put all the grain together. And then somebody manages it on their behalf after after they harvest it. After they mm. harvest so it, it's only uh, it's only for marketing pur uh, purposes. Yes, yes, only oh, for no, marketing. We, we have we have exactly the same farm, but uh, from the very beginning from farming. Right. So no. Let's like a let's like a, co 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 <clears throat> yeah. like a cooperative almost, isn't it? Your 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 one. Kind of. Yeah. 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 So so so, 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 so in, in Australia, we obviously had a single desk where for, okay. for, for 70 years, where one company marketed all of the grain effectively. All right. That all company right. would say, right, let's get all the grain from the country in, but you weren't guaranteed a price. It was, okay. like, a, it was like a pension fund, actually, or an investment fund. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they would say, at the end of the year, we'd say, this is how much money we've made. Here's your, here's your check. And, okay. it, look, yeah. and, and, and that's exactly the same sort of what I'm trying to get to the point of is, with the algorithmic trading, it works 70% of the time. With a grain pool, it's quite similar in a way in that it's not always, you can't judge its performance on one year. In that, you know, you could, it, nowadays we have different companies offering different pools. Uh, one year, you could have the most fantastic result, but next year, and, and so, yeah, so maybe, and, and using the algorithmic trading or algorithmic hedging, you might want to look at it and then say, right, my view on the market is X, so I want to select this algorithm instead of that algorithm. algorithm. Yeah, that's right. So, so, we so will really have that option. So, so far, so far we have, we have uh, algorithms for bearish uh, views, uh, oh, okay. bullish bias, uh, and for neutral bias. Yeah. Um, now, I, I, I would like to mention here, you know, performance is just the surface. Of, of the perks of algorithmic uh, hedging, all right? Because there are so many other things behind that, of course, you don't see in the very beginning until you start adapt, uh, adopting the technology. But the most important one is the emotional component gets totally neutralized. That's, I tell you, I tell you by experience, I have all my trading automated already. The only thing I do is I just hedge the downside with puts from time to time. But it's unbelievable. I mean, the, um, the emotionally, when you don't have to be a screen slave, when you don't have to be waiting on, on, on something to happen to execute, because you know how it is. I mean, we, we spend all our, times and, our time and energy using our brain to come up with a game plan. And then when we watch markets live, I mean, we don't execute as such, right? Because we execute with the guts, not with the brain. Yeah. Um, it's such a relief to have something else behind the scene, uh, taking care of your pricing. Um, that, uh, and I understand, I understand the end user is, is cannot see it in advance, uh, but I tell you, it's out there. So my point here is 
even if you use this the first year, even if performance <coughs> is not as good as you thought it could be, uh, the only the, the only fact of not having to be blaming yourself for your bad decisions. I mean, you can blame you can blame the machine, right? Ah, yeah. this machine screwed up. I don't care. It wasn't me, right? Bloody Arnold's, I, I did everything. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I did everything right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, but this is not mine, all right? So I had one guy here in Argentina, a broker that has been in the business for 30 years, who told me one of the main reasons why we brokers exist is because the farmer can blame it on us, right? It's exactly the same here. <laughs> uh, and again, the algorithm does that as well. And does that in, in a very sophisticated science-based way, right? So look, hey, I didn't price all that good this year, but what else can I do? I mean, I use an algorithm, right? It's like, uh, and that's, and then you have, Time optimization, cost optimization, risk management optimization. You have so many perks behind performance um, that I don't believe uh, it's going to be tied up to performance the first year. So I, I don't expect people to jump in. And if it didn't work the first year, jump out. Uh, I, I, think, I believe they're going to they're gonna like it anyways. But it, it, I guess it comes down to that sort of, again, coming back to that sort of small chunks is you diversify, you might have grain that you maintain for your own physical sales that you do traditionally. You might do a bit on, on one algorithm. Like we, right. we, an interesting one was um, in, in the past, one of the grain pools had a, an option on this hedging strategy for it. You know, early hedging, late hedging, no hedging. Mm -hmm. And what you tended to find, and you could select how much went into each of them. And, and from talking to people, I know that most would be saying, right, I'll put a bit in each. Yeah. <laughs> and just to see what happens. You know? and, 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 and that's what, what I think, I think the, to me, to me, actually, the most important thing is not the algorithmic trading. Uh, and I'll, I'll plug myself here and, and Matt. It, it's not necessarily <laughs> that. It's, it's, it's having the view on the market to decide which which algorithm which strategy or like i think maybe that's that is one of the key things is you shouldn't call it you shouldn't call it algorithms you should just call it strategies no so when they have <laughs> names right so we have one of our algorithm it's called pacer uh, sonic ultra, it's called sonic boom so, pa pacer fine, ultra no, six <laughs> no fine tuner so fine yeah. tuner teams yeah. up with the with the average right yeah. or with the medium uh then we have another one that is top zero it works very well in most years we have another one that is called Complier that optimizes the hedge ratio in the, the hedging ratio in the first uh, couple of months. Basically, that's a priority. Yeah, yeah, we are branding them. Um, <clears throat> but what you said is we don't expect anyone to jump in here and <laughs> hedge 100% uh, of the production. Yeah. No, no, not even close. I mean, if uh, look, we dream maybe in the first years uh, with the 5% of their production. Yeah. And that's actually a good point because people will be able to relate immediately what the algo performance was with the other uh, type of management they had on their price, right? Yeah. And they will be able to they will be able to contemplate this uh, uh, with rationality and say, "Hey, look, the algo didn't do very well, but look at the other stuff. I can, I, I traded. I mean, what's even worse?" Right. What what, what I might the... do, what I might do, Marcelo, is uh, you give me, you give me, you've been an inspiration to me today, and, oh, you and, did? Oh, yo, that's and good. so what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to reinvent my monkey trading <laughs> algorithm, <laughs> and what what I'm going to do is I'm going to publicly post next week uh, what days that you should be uh, selling your wheat uh, for the, for the yeah. next season, and then we'll see how my monkey trading algorithm is going to work. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there. And then if you, if you well, want look, to buy it, you know, it's, it's only a billion dollars <laughs> if it works. <laughs> right. I don't have the money just yet. You will yep. have to give me some time. But if I like performance, uh, I don't know. We can go in a fundraise race uh, together, you and I. I yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Let me see performance first. But yeah, I tell yeah. you this. Well, this is, this, is, this is where I'm saying we're going to be transparent with the performance, you know, and, 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 and the strategy name is, is the monkey. 
And well, so you have you have one strong point there, and it is that monkeys are probably they are emotionally stronger than us. So in that precise uh, matter, right? In price that, that, that's why I work with Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I'm more of a gorilla. I think it's a the silverback gorilla. Is, uh, is... I've, I've, I've seen him with his top off. He's definitely more of a silverback. So, oh my god! <laughs> uh, although, if he gets in the sun, he's probably more one of those red ones. Uh, bonobo. Uh, so, I did have a point that I was going to make, but I've lost my train of thought again. Uh, Look, I think, I think it's interesting. I think w one of the things that you've got to your advantage, I guess, is that artificial intelligence is becoming less and less of an unknown to farming. And, and one of the one of the your criticisms that you made at the start was about farmers thinking about production too much. And that's something that we, we agree with. But one of the advantages of that is that artificial intelligence is going into the production side of things. Mm, yeah. um, and so it's not going to be it's going to be a commonplace occurrence, the use of artificial intelligence in, in 10 years' time, in five years' time, probably. And I think that's, that's where it comes down to is that one of the issues we have is time. You know, farmers don't have the time, especially as farms get bigger and, and availability of labor and staffing becomes more difficult. Artificial intelligence, to me, has, has, has various sort of benefits around it but one of those benefits again is something you sort of highlighted is you don't have to sit around and make the decision you know you can be doing something else and and if and if we can use artificial intelligence for making the planting decisions how much urea do we put down you know if we're doing irrigation how much water do we apply based on on this well you know maybe, maybe in 10 years time you know if a farmer can you know buy a house at the beach and then you can just say right run my farm for me, you know, and then, then we'll just have bloody Arnold Schwarzenegger. You the, know. Farm, the farm simulator app that they're farm playing at the beach will actually be running the actual farm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting point, the one you bring. So let me tell you my experience. So I've been raising money since August here. So that means I've been pitching around 30 guys in audience. Um, we are reaching the end of it very successfully. But I can tell you the audience is divided in three types, right? Three thirds, we could call it. You have one third that see this as an opportunity. You have one third that are indifferent about it, either because they are not interested in it or because they don't believe in it. And then you have one third that the, they see this as a threat, right? Mm. And it's related to that concept you bring up. People tend to believe that this is going to replace something when actually technology, since we remember it, it, the only thing that does is it enhances something, right? Like it's been happening this way from the industrial revolution. Um, we believe we're gonna be replaced by machines. And then what ends up happening is that our job just gets more interesting. Um, and that what happens to, that's what's gonna happen to traders as well. Um, I'm good. You know what? The, the only feedback I don't like um, is indifference because those are the guys that you're not convinced because they are not willing to be convinced, right? Yeah. Uh, they are they are going to be willing for to wait uh, waiting for this to fail basically. But I like both feedbacks: those that see this as an opportunity and those that see this as a threat because I know that threat eventually transforms into opportunity, right? Those that believe. This is gonna replace them. Eventually, they understand that it that it will not that it's an opportunity. That's yep. the way it's been happening uh, for the last two hundred years. For the last and thousand years. I, yeah, of course, but yeah, so, but I mentioned the modern yeah. uh, the, the, the the modern times. Now, um, it, I can tell you, I can I can tell you my experience with this because I, I've been looking forward to automate my trading for many years and it wasn't that easy until this year you know uh, because I I am I have a very technical background but I don't know how to code so I cannot bring I even when I have my algorithms I have I had to follow them uh, manually if you will 
Uh, then I always wanted, oh, I, I waste so much time being a screen slave, right? Yeah. Um, I wish I had more time to think about some other stuff. So I've been looking forward to automate it. And, I, and the technology is to do that started reaching the end user this year. So I've been the first half of the year, I've been testing it. I automated my trading. I put it, I put it on the cloud, all right? I just, I have, like you say, a trade monkey that trades for me, the S&P, and I step back. And then started since July, it started life and it's doing great. And I, and I found that's part of the reason why I decided to start my own company because I have free time. And now I can dedicate time for two other ideas I have, as in trying to, to come up with something new for the agricultural business, something that I had in my mind for the last at least one decade. Now yeah. I have the time and the energy to do it because I got free from this, uh, you know, the screen chains. Mm. Uh, so, 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 a farmer, so a farmer can, you know, using, I'm going to put this into simple terms, you know, and attractive terms. A farmer can, you know, use artificial intelligence in various parts of his business so he can spend more time fishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they could, they could switch into fishing. Uh, it's not about free time. Farmers, you know what? Farmers, are go- they, are going, they are going to have more free space in their brains uh, to be more creative. Uh, to think about other business, to diversify their business in different ways. Probably someone that they didn't have the time to think about how to diversify their business, they will have it now, right? Because uh, the other stuff is being handled. Um, I think that's the way evolution works. It was a bit like, I guess, I'll bring it back to employees and labor. Artificial intelligence is just another employee. You know, and and it's the same if 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 like if you're if you're a small business, and and you are a small business at the moment. Of course, yeah. Is uh, at some point, you know, in the future, you you employ somebody to do the work that you shouldn't be doing. You know, invoicing or or whatever it may be, so that you can spend time on the actual development of the business. It's no it's no different really from. You know, it's, it's no different from from any other small business. For hundreds of years, you you employ somebody to do the work to allow you to do the value adding. So yeah, and the and the quality of the work goes up, right? Goes yeah. higher. I mean, you you your job gets more interesting, basically, just because you have someone else doing the routine, and and that someone else is a machine. It's doing it's doing the messy stuff, if you will like execution and, and watching markets, uh, not being emotionally um, engaged with it. It's, I tell you, it's, it's a liberating uh, experience. So that's, but that's, I do understand that people may not get it first until they start uh, adopting. But when, when they see artificial intelligence sort of moving into other spaces, it may be more, at the end of the day, they're still, and this comes back to what you were saying before, they are still using artificial intelligence in their grain marketing to an extent. It's still having an influence on their pricing because, well, follow up the supply chain is using it. Grain traders are using it. You know, specs are using it. So it's, it is having an influence. This is just giving them the opportunity to actually have a more direct influence. So yeah, I think- That's right. So I think, Marcelo, I think we've probably taken up enough of your time. It's uh, like, it's been, it's been really interesting because, you know, you've obviously got a passion, passion for it. and. It's uh, it's made me realize that you know I can I, I can become a competitor with my uh, monkey with, monkey. Monkey, <laughs> with my monkey and uh, that's 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 made me feel a lot smarter this morning you know that I'm, I'm I've developed an algorithm so but but I think it definitely it's obviously you guys are launching in Argentina uh, initially and hopefully we see you out this side of the world at some point. Uh, yeah, d- yeah, it's gonna be, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's going to be about wheat down there. I don't know when, but eventually it will. Wheat, wheat and wool, that'll be it. <laughs> oh, stick cattle in there as well. Yeah. Uh, we do have in our business plan, uh, we have a cattle, live cattle and lean hogs there. Yeah. That'd be good. We do. Yeah, that'd be good. Right, oh, well, we'll leave it there. Again, thanks for coming along. It's been 
really interesting. Uh, we've, we've learned a lot. And uh, thank you very much, guys. It's we been, we, we want to hear. Awesome. We want to hear from you when, as as things develop and as as, as things change, we want to we want to we want you to come back to us and, and tell us what's happening. And look again, if anyone's listening on this end, you know, we who who wants to invest, you know, get in touch with with Hedget, and uh, you know, maybe you can you can get in on the ground floor. So bring it to Australia. Bring it to Australia. Thanks for listening. See you when you got nothing on. Ciao for now. Or they can, or they can invest in your monkey as well. Uh, we'll see the performance, right? We'll see the performance first. Let's let's, 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 not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, let's hang on to the branch first before we jump off. All right. Maro. All right. Ciao okay. Thank you very much, guys. It's been awesome. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers, man.